Bonjour, bonsoir, and welcome to Kill James Bond, Tue James Bond. I am Alice Cordor Kelly, joined as always by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello! How you doing? <laughs> really pushing GCSE French <laughs> recollections here. <laughs> Wheels are fucking falling off mine, I gotta say. <laughs> so welcome to the first episode of a new season of the podcast, one forced upon us by the cowards at the American motion picture industry. Bastards. Who are currently being struck by both their writers and their actors. Sucks to suck. Mm -hmm. That's right. And until they get back around the negotiating table and give those people everything they want, we are engaging in the much-trailed season of solidarity. Mm -hmm. This was your idea, Dev. Do you want to sort of brief us here? Yeah. So I got some guidance back from from SAG, um, and they said that they consider anything that is or would have been produced under a SAG theatrical contract to be struck work, which is essentially everything that was ever made in America. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. also, we aren't covered because we're film criticism rather than promotion. It is important yes. to note, we don't actually have to do anything. We're doing mm -hmm. it because of a sense of solidarity. Nice. Yeah, because we're nice and because you should, you know, we want you to feel very positive about listening to this podcast rather than us having a sort of unfair competitive advantage when every American podcast <laughs> is like, ooh. Can we say the specific guidance that they gave us? Oh my god! So this this badly annoyed me, right? Because uh, listen, I I support the unions unreservedly. Their communications throughout the strike less so. Um, and one of the things that they told us was, well, it depends. Because if you're doing like criticism, it would have to be like if you're doing like like a modern Cisco and Ebert. That was specifically like if you are the modern day Cisco and Ebert, that then you're then that's criticism, and it's like and that triggered me. Well, immediately we're fucked because there's three of us. Yeah. Siskel and yeah. Eva and Devon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Please please touch your hand to this metal plate. Yeah. No, but I, I genuinely like this this triggered and owned me because I will absolutely make the case any day of the week and twice on Sunday that what we're what we're engaged in here is serious film criticism. It just also includes a lot of phrases like serving cunt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's it's you know, Dev is wearing a Serpico hat as we record this. This is both serious and not. Right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a, a thing a while ago. Somebody was uh, lamenting that there weren't any, um, there weren't any like serious film critics anymore. They were all gone. It was somebody in a mm. in a, a newspaper. Here, bitch, we're here. Exactly, we're right here. It was somebody in the fucking Guardian. And I think I responded to them like, "Film criticism is alive and well, but it's all on sexy podcasts instead of transphobic newspapers." That's right. So mm -hmm. that's right. I, I, I'm sorry that we believe that there are more than two genders, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. like, uh... not even believe we know. There's more than two genders on this fucking podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but you you have to set that aside and like listen to the film criticism as it is. So with that in mind, mm -hmm. because we didn't feel great doing struck work, what we're doing is, as best we can tell, not struck work. Yes, which is every film in the IMDb category Eurospy <laughs> in release order. That's right, because we. When it comes down to it, we're a movie about James Bond, and James Bond had reverberations mm. in the film scene. Some of them were felt immediately, mm. and one of those is the explosion of Eurospy movies. Yeah, so there, there were basically right. a bunch of like Bond brackets, like German or Bond brackets mm -hmm. French, and that's what we're doing in this case. So, so France yeah. had their own James Bond, 
uh, OSS Saundy set one one seven. We've met him before. We have. Yes. We did him in a bonus episode way back in season one. Um, OSS Saundy set. Pour vous servir. And one in season two as well, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we've done two of the sort of like reboots, the comic reboots of this character. Mm-hmm. But OSS Saundy set OSS one one seven is one of approximately a billion. Euro spy movies that we're going to be doing mm-hmm. that will all be called shit like Agent 700, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, OSS on set, like, I, I believe predates uh, certainly the movies, but uh, predates some Bond too, I think. Yeah, this yeah. is 1963. When was Dr. Yeah. No? 63, 60, 63 is the same 62. year as um, From Russia with Love. Oh, okay. But it's important to note, OSS Sondi set the novels predated Bond's novels by four years. I've got a little potted history here oh. just to get us up to speed here. Uh, a lad by the name of Jean Bruce wrote 88 OSS on dessert novels by the time of his death in a car accident in 63. Oh, the deep state got him. And his wife took over, his wife Josette Bruce, working under the nom de plume J. Bruce, uh, wrote 143 oh. between 63 Whoa. and 85. Oh, fucking hell. Wow, okay. <laughs> I, I miss when you could write that kind, of, uh, that kind of pace, right, and just bang this shit out and type. So, <laughs> so just like million of these. But this film was made as a response to the popularity of Bond, but the character isn't based on or a parody of Bond, rather OSS helped inspire uh, the Bond novels. Oh, so it's, it's like a Zorro Batman situation. Yeah, that's yeah, sort of in sure. conversation more than... Bond's parents were killed coming out of a screening of this movie. I, um... Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think it is important to note that James Bond is sort of like, is a stock character mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's just the yeah. most successful of the sort of like spy thrillers that were sort of very current around that time and were all written by guys who had been doing cloak and dagger shit during the war and then just typed some of it up with some added sex to keep things interesting. They're all called like Agent 700. Exactly, yeah. And so... OSS on set is uh, sort of the French James Bond, if you like. That's a reductive way of putting it. Mm. And this is, I believe, the second movie they made yes. featuring him, but the first post-Bond one. And the movie is OSS on set Sedition. Uh, OSS 117 is unleashed. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, not very unleashed in this no, movie. No, he's, he's, he's quite leashed. It, yeah. it, it over-promises, because if, if you, like... If I go and see a movie and the title of that movie is This Guy's Off the Fucking Chain. Yo! (laughs) (laughs) The tagline was like, Yo! He's wearing a tie. (laughs) He wears a tie almost all the time. The entire time. His actions are quite logical. But so, OSS on set begins with sort of piece the camera that in a Bond movie would be delivered by M, mm-hmm. but is just a sort of introductory cutscene. I quite like this, because it makes the film's plot easy to understand sort of 60-odd yeah. years later. Yes. Genuinely, it's, it's made it a sort of historical artifact, mm. even though at the time what it's doing is like, you dumb French piece of shit, you don't even know what's going on outside this very movie theatre. Mm. Um... <laughs> It's genuinely like uh, a sort of briefing about the time and place in which the audience live, which is <laughs> very patronizing. But useful for us, you know? Patronizing, but so useful for us. Yes, yeah. Over half a century later, mm-hmm. podcasted dipshits. 
boats. So we get this we get this stock footage of uh, like ships at sea and submarines and stuff, mm-hmm. and we learn that there, there's a fear of atomic war all across the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone's afraid that the bomb mm-hmm. might drop any moment, um, and so the military has nuclear submarines that are patrolling all the time yeah, to guarantee world peace. Then nobody knows where they are. Uh, but if mm-hmm. anybody ever managed to build a detector that detects atomic submarines, then you know the delicate balance of world peace would be completely fucked into a cocked hat. So we've invented a new submarine detector. It goes beep. Yeah, beep, well, I think there are like five beep. of these in the Bond series. So there's some kind of like yeah. detection. Yeah, this has happened before. Um, but the idea is that, uh, and this is why it's very important that all our intelligence agents have to spend time in picturesque coastal towns. Uh, scuba diving <laughs> with beautiful women in order to make sure nobody's installed submarine detectors in yeah. these luxury resorts. What an assignment, baby. <laughs> I know, oh my ideal God. spy <laughs> Pretty job. good job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we need you to go around and like inspect the coast of Corsica in case anyone has installed the big submarine detector. Whenever I go scuba diving from now on, I'm just going to say this is what I'm doing. So like, no, I'm actually, yeah. I'm checking for atomic submarine detectors. <laughs> And so we, we go to Southern Corsica, Bonifacio, mm. and first of all, the first thing I'm going to say, this is a beautiful black and white print. Yeah, such a this good film. film stock. I, I don't know, man, it's so good. It's a really good looking film. Mm. Irrespective of, of like anything else we're going to talk about, it's really good looking a lot of the time. We see, we see a guy like leave his apartment and go through the sort of like narrow alleys of this Corsican town. There's a close up on a Dutch angle of like a blind beggar who starts following him. And that guy, by the way, wearing extremely cool sunglasses. Mm-hmm. This is the same way that Dr. No started. With yeah. a guy who's about to be assassinated being followed by a blind guy. Like, What were they cooking about like blind people <laughs> in the early 60s? What, 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 did they, what did they know? That was their social contagion. That was their trans people. They were like, <laughs> fuck. The They're blind? pretending to be blind to assassinate me. <laughs> The blind assassin, yeah. Getting really mad because your menu's available in Braille. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is wokeism. This man's not biologically blind. <laughs> this is wokeism. Uh... I love wokeism. So, so this guy Roos, Willem Roos, mm-hmm. he like goes through the old town and he meets up with uh, a guy Renaud, who is a scuba diving. Instructor, boat mm-hmm. captain. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Renard. He's a he's boat 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 dude. Boat dude. Mm-hmm. Boat dude. I, I'm gonna keep calling him boat dude because I can never remember his name Renaud because man. I always want to make it Menot, which is French for handcuffs, a word which I know, but I don't know anything else. I just call him so, Nicholas in my notes because that's, that's who mm. he is. Um, and then we meet uh, Brigetta. Yeah, I learned that in my GCSE French. <laughs> very very specific vocabulary. Yeah, Brigitte, Brigitte? Brigitte. shows up. <laughs> Um, this is oh. Nadia Sanders, an American. Allow me to say bonjour. <laughs> bonjour, madame. Bonjour. I, this movie gave all three of us 1960s woman dysphoria. Yeah, every mm. woman in this is so smoking hot in a way that doesn't exist anymore. It's, I don't know why. Like, What happened to faces or makeup yeah. or cameras or something? But no one fucking looks like this anymore. I'm thinking this also. I mean, 1960s woman dysphoria is, I, I think I coined that. Yes, you did. As a sort you did, of, yeah. As a thing. And it's just as you say, they, no one looks like this anymore, even people who are trying to look like people from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Even sort of like the man from Uncle couldn't but achieve why this. why don't human faces look like that anymore? Is it a camera thing? Is it a makeup I thing? Don't, Something changed. I don't know. Is it a genetics thing? I don't know what, what they are cooking. I and mean, the thing is, right, and I'll say this often, 
we have now new science in the form of womb transplants. Incredible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can you can finally get your trans girlfriend pregnant. But we mm. haven't invented the surgery to make you look like a 1960s French woman. Mm. And I mean, that for me is up there with the cigarettes yeah. that are good yeah, for yeah. you. Like, we if, need if you were a scientist, like, get on that shit. Like, immediately, please, configure your entire lab. If you know, if you like work in plastic surgery, maybe, and you know uh, mm. the answer to this question... Uh, do you write in and, and explain to us why women women don't know this anymore? <laughs> Get in touch. Is is it like is it like sort of like a lost knowledge for plastic surgeons, like how the Romans forgot how to like make like make cement or whatever? Where it's like it's like Greek fire. Yeah, there was one guy who made like faces like this, and he died. No, I, I I bet you that that a plastic surgeon will know because. Because I, I once had a plastic surgeon explain mm. to me exactly in detail why it is that I can get cast in period pieces and other actresses can't. Mm. And it's to like the specific genetic profile of my nose. Um, so it's like somebody who works in plastic surgery will know. It was like it's edging into physiognomy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe it's a climate change thing. Maybe. The specific genetic profile of my nose. Mm. And me- meanwhile, mine is just sort of a, a big, you zoom in on the <laughs> DNA, it's just got potatoes in there. Maybe it's right. limited, yeah, it's parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere. Yeah. Like People just don't look like this anymore. We climate changed our way out of 1960s women? Yeah. What the fuck? It's like fetal alcohol syndrome. Well, because I watched this and I was like, it's really weird watching footage from the 1960s, which is before half of all the CO2 in the atmosphere was emitted. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh fuck, yeah. that's like, ah, uh, man, these guys still had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> man, and this is what they're doing with it. There was hope then. Mm. Yeah. So Brigitte is is uh, uh, Mr. Hancock's girlfriend, and they go out diving together on this boat, which then prompts the strangest theme song I've heard in a I minute. I like it. It's good. I do fun. too. And it's like Corsican <laughs> theme. Like it's you know tropical. We're having fun. It, it gives you a. About 50,000 times, yeah, yeah. which is really funny. It does the whole song. The title sequence is just this one boat going out. Yeah. And We're going out on the water. We're having a fun time. Rocks. Yeah, it is. We stay with Bruce, our sort of 009 figure, for a fair amount of time, mm-hmm. actually. He doesn't just like get killed off in the opening sequence. Yeah. He, he gets killed off after that. He does the best spy job. Which is diving yeah. for detectors while your beautiful girlfriend sunbathes on the boat above you. Um, mm-hmm. And my notes say, oh god, underwater filming. <laughs> oh. So there's a little joke in the, um, uh, the remakes uh, of OSS Sandy set where he just says, j'aime le thing, in a sort of like very enthusiastic way. And there's almost a sort of like straight version of that where the guy, uh, Renat, is like, why do you want to go into this shitty underwater grotto? And Roos says like way too enthusiastically, j'aime de grotte. I love them. Love the grotto, baby. Can't get enough seeing every single one. Yeah. Big fan of grottos. Diving's fun, That's right? Mm-hmm. I bet, I bet. We do some... We do some underwater photography as they dive while Brigitte just kind of stays in some boats. The difference between the so so listeners, if you've not heard the podcast before, um, we all have a fear. Hi. We all have a fear of underwater photography because we watch Thunderball, which has about nine hours of it in, and it's all shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, the underwater photography, is good. It's pretty good. Because the French, the French have an inherent biological genetic advantage to underwater photography because of Jacques Cousteau, right? Yeah, they invented it. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it, here's my theory. Thunderball is shot in Technicolor. True. This is shot in black and white. And the problem with the Thunderball thing is they spend all their time just shooting fish, just like 
because they were like, wow, look at what the colors are. This is black yeah. and white. They didn't have the latitude. They have to just shoot what they wanted to do underwater. I think it limits them in a way that keeps them focused. But the cinematography is also good. Like I can, I can see where everyone is. I know the geography of the underwater mm-hmm. scene. It's like, it's, it's well made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the, it's a really beautiful print as well, which means that a lot of the stark shadows like really stand out quite mm. like intensely. It works mm-hmm. quite well on like the cliffs. It works quite well on the alleys. It works quite well underwater sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of them. So uh, Renat and Roos dive together, uh, and Renat's just like kind of like fucking around, mm-hmm. and he looks back over his shoulder, and and Roos has like instantly been killed mm-hmm. silently. He's like. Bleeding into the water, he's like sort of clutching his breast. He's lying mm-hmm. on the bottom, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Renat is like, okay, fuck, I I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just leaving. Yeah, just want to know mm-hmm. that Renat does not follow any of the unresponsive diver procedures here. Very unsafe. Shouldn't have <laughs> abandoned his buddy in the first place, but certainly shouldn't have left his buddy unresponsive on the bottom of the ocean floor. I think he he was like, this guy's dead. This guy's this is over. You can't make that call. You've got to bring the. Ugh, never mind. Renat can. He's wearing a he's wearing a striped shirt in every shot of him on in this he's movie. He's a diving instructor. <laughs> well, you should know this, man. He's gonna lose his license. Yeah, they yeah. hadn't invented that yet. This is this not was... scuba code compliant. <laughs> he he just he just like books it out of the water. Brigitte's like, hey, do you want to like? Where's the other guy you, you dived with? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Give me, give me a cigarette, and she lights one herself and puts it in his mouth. It's mm-hmm. the sixties were a different time. I've, I've written this. The French have a very intimate and instinctive understanding of how cool and sexy smoking is. Mm, they true. just know it in their true. blood. It's a shame. The cigarette that's good for you, mm-hmm. you know. Let's invent it. Don't don't start smoking to sound to look cool. But uh, yeah, no, it doesn't work. But if you are smoking currently, then that's one thing in your favor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Don't start on account of us, but if you are, hey. A horrible influence. There's a lot of youths that listen to this. Like, yeah, don't for sure. Smoke. Well, stop vaping. Don't vape. <laughs> yeah, if you're smoking a sweet vape, that's no. not sexy. Here's the thing. There's no way to vape sensually. No, no. Vaping is the anti-smoking. Vaping sucks. Like, like, a, like a fucking, like... Femme fatale just like blows a cloud of strawberry vape over you, and you're just like out of like a massive, like massive, oh, like jewel. No. You're like, ah, no. no. There's a dude in my building who who like vapes because he's addicted to nicotine, but he's vaping uh-huh. the sweetest fucking shit I've ever smelled oh, in my life. What? I just walk out of the building Gross. sometimes, and there's like a cloud of custard, Ew. and it's like, oh, come on. Horrible. To be fair, I also don't like horrible. the smell of of cigarette smoke, but I I like it. I like it if somebody sexy inflicts the cigarette smoke on you. That's Maybe, yeah. that's the sexy mm, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can go step out there anyway. But like, uh, <laughs> I mean, there was a minute. There was a minute yeah, where um, where vapes. You can't put out a vape on someone in a horny no, you way. Can't. Exactly, you can't, do that. you can't do it. There was a minute where vapes looked like cigarettes. Uh, that was the but like you know, with time. like blue tips or whatever. Yeah. And I, my, the only onion article I reliably remember is man smoking a uh, futuristic blue cigarette must be some kind of bounty hunter from the future. <laughs> yeah, right. It it looked quite cool, and then it just it looks good. Then we just went to these boxes that dispense custard over you, and it's just yeah, like the, the car battery sized shit, awful, mm, horrific. No, no. Uh, but so uh, Renat takes Brigitte back to town. Also, sorry, I'm not. I'm not done. <laughs> no, please, please, by all means. Do you want to talk about? That's whatever, man. There's not that much movie. <laughs> like 
it, it, it is understood that if you go to somebody's house, you don't just light up a fucking cigarette without asking them, <laughs> right? Away. Yeah, you don't, like, no, don't just, like, just yeah. smoke in my front room if I don't smoke, right? Whereas, yeah. for some reason, people haven't gotten that message with vapes. So I've had people... Go- really? Yeah, I've had people come around to you my house... vape in my house. And just, like, no. start vaping. And I just went, don't fucking vape in my house. I don't want my, like, furniture to smell like strawberry jizz. What, what fucking, mm. like, YouTube Zoomer did you have over that, like, actually, I know, don't answer that. Yeah, it was, no, no, it was not that person, it was your fucking girlfriend! What? Yeah! We, uh, oh, here we fuck? go! So, okay. Start the, <laughs> to be a millionaire tension music one-hour mix. Which, uh, this is, this is perhaps the most 2023 sentence. Which of my girlfriends <laughs> vapes? <laughs> Your living room non-consensually. <laughs> I'm not going to say that on the podcast. We're not the modern Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> say it and bleep it. Say it and bleep it. No, I don't. <laughs> it was... Well, okay, bleep it, but it... <laughs> She's not my girlfriend. She just puts cigarettes out on me sometimes. Okay, fine then. All right, bleep the name, but leave that, because that is funny. I mean, I'd like her to be, but like... The person you were referencing did, did not vape in my house. Okay. All right. One fine. point in favor. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we doing here? So, so the fucking Renault takes Brigitte back to Bonifacio. We haven't even met you there yet. <laughs> okay, we'll get that. There's, there's very little in this movie. And also, this is going to be the dynamic for the whole fucking season, right? Is It's impossible to find the movie. Once we do, there's not much to talk about. So we're just like in the back of a provincial French cinema in 1963. Uh, talking about boys. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, Which of my girlfriends vaped in your living room? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not, we're not the modern Siskel and Ebert, and that's fine. That's okay. I think Roger Ebert would have asked that question had vape technology been. <laughs> Roger Ebert never did a live show where he had to be lubed into his outfit. All right, we are better. It was a good outfit. It was a good outfit. I'm not. I'm not sure that that's true, Dev. Uh, so if that is, yeah, yeah. They go to the gendarmerie. And the gendarmerie is like uh, very rural, and I appreciate very much that when they're d- like interrogating them, which is kind of more of a debrief, there's a gendarme who like doesn't want to do any work and just supplies you with an easy answer. Yeah, it gives a so lot this of guy, questions. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's typing it up, and he's like, "So he just probably had like a stroke or something, right? Like, and but the body just got swept away instantly. So there's nothing that you need me to do about this." <laughs> yeah. Which, which is ideal, to and be honest. We see that Nicholas lies, because he says yes. William Bruce was uh, careless and a bad diver. Yeah, he just roasts him on the way out. He's like, by the way, shitty diver. By the way, it sucks. <laughs> Hated him, actually. <laughs> um, and we also see that Brigitta lies as well. Yeah, she's, she's agreed to like cover for them both. Mm-hmm. And so she's like tells the same story. This guy, he just like had a had a heart attack or a stroke or something. He's just gone, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's his own fault anyway. And the the cops don't look that closely into yeah, it. Yeah, the cops are like, I heard diving's uh, diving's pretty dangerous then. And he's like, No, 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 it's so easy. It's just that this guy's a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, All right, leaves. <laughs> really like breaking scuba dried scuba diving instructor confidentiality. You know, I feel like there should be like a seal of the confessional on that. If I suck at scuba diving, you can't tell them that post mortem. Yeah, don't own oh, the sure. dead. Um, but then we cut with absolutely no ceremony at all. 
to mm-hmm. to Uber, our guy, OSS on set, French Bond. Yeah. And I feel like these these films you know, they they missed the trick here because like in Bond, you know, you cut to somebody in shadow and he steps out and it's Bond. In The Man from Uncle, mm. we cut to Robert Vaughn just standing really normally, just stand, just standing so normal behind a pane of glass. Love that. God, I love that shot so much. Yeah. But here we just cut to him and he's just in a room and it's just like, oh, voila. He's, he's, he's talking to like French M or I guess French American M because this is a weird situation in which... Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was French. It's like he's a French guy working as an American agent. Here's okay. the thing. He actually works for the OSS in this one. In, yeah. in the remakes that we've watched, he worked for the, the French thing, which I don't remember the name the JSA. of. JSA, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. But in this one, canonically, he is, he is an American agent from Louisiana of French what? descent. Whoa! <laughs> which gives me a, a really good ongoing bit that we could... <laughs> So this guy, this guy is supposed to be like whipping up an etouffee in his spare time. He, yeah, he's <laughs> he's Louisiana. That explains why he's dubbed. Because I was just like, I thought this movie was French. This actor is clearly speaking English, but they're like Pizza Hut of <laughs> poorly, poorly ADR dialogue. Yeah. Um, so so we get a conversation between two Americans that takes place entirely in French, mm-hmm. where American M says. Listen, they're saying that our boy Roos was a terrible diver, but ah. we know that's not true. We know he kicked ass at diving, mm-hmm. actually. Corsican government would have you believe. <laughs> Willem Roos was a foolish diver. A veritable gumbo of conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, like, we can't let this abuse of our best diver stand. He was great at diving, yeah. we all know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And also, world peace might be threatened if there's a detector there, which we think there might be, so... Yeah, so go to Corsica mm-hmm. and, and find out what's going on. Fuck around, just find, just go... Fuck, just, just fuck, like fuck Sean around. Connery, just go to a tropical island, fuck around and see what you can see. Yeah, by the way, here is my beautiful secretary. Bonjour. I am now going to cockblock you. And so he introduces this woman, and we see that... Oh, I thought you meant me! I was like, why? Oh no! <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me like out of revenge for what you said about my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm now. I thought gonna... you were gonna tell me like, ah, you fancy her, but she's racist or something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what it is is that it was the sixties. Hubert, uh, this is OSS on this. That's real name. Hubert Bonisseur de la Batte. Yeah. Tries to put the moves on the secretary because he's a charmer. He's a womanizer. He's unable to stop himself. And what's really funny is you see the gears change when he enters like seduction mode mm-hmm. it's really like mm-hmm. gross but so american m is like no you actually have to leave in like 10 minutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you cannot be fucking my secretary now at this point i'm going to talk about the actor who plays oss on set mm-hmm. this is this is co and matthews yes now, a key detail that i want you to know about co and matthews is that co and matthews was gay Really? Lived for 46 years with his uh, with his partner. Um Aww. yeah, really really sweet. Lovely man by all accounts. And the reason I mention that he's gay is because in a scene intended to establish his sort of rapacious heterosexuality, he goes to leave and is like, "Ah, oh, I guess I'm not going to be able to have sex with your secretary." But he gives American M the cuntiest look <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> He's just got like one hand on the door frame, his hips are kind of out, and it's just like I'm gonna pull this up. Nice, I'm finally, get that screenshot. finally, we've got we've got a gay bond. We did it in 1963 before Bond. Mm. All of all of Cohen Matthews' mannerisms in this are like 
slightly more feminine. Mm -hmm. um, and I do wonder about the sort of timeline in which this took off instead of like Sean Connery as Bond. Right, yeah. where the model of sort of like suave masculinity was being a little bit gay, yeah. being a because, bit fruity, mm -hmm. yeah, being a bit fruity puts puts the dames at ease, you know. Mm, that's right. She let me hit because I'm fruity, and mm. that's that's really the story of all of our lives, actually. Um, that's right. He's <laughs> the thing about Cohen is that he he's a total he. He looks like a totally normal guy, just like completely standard sure. bloke. But if you I look at him for long enough, he does start to get kind of hot. Mm -hmm. It's like a magic yeah. eye thing. Yeah, he needs a better hairstylist in this. He, he played Sinbad. Mm -hmm. He did. He played mm. Sinbad. He was he was kind of like twink for hire for a while. He's got that um, very upright sixties mm. man posture with it all walk around. Yeah, they're all I in think the it's army. mostly the like the suits and the corsetry and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because you you see it in Man from Uncle too. Yeah. It's like he can't move in these things. Um, it's all shoulders. Did he ever suffer any consequences for being gay? Because it was illegal in the sixties. No, genuinely not. Like I, I read his biography; it was fascinating, mm -hmm. interesting life. He was like he was in the um, the army air forces for a couple of years as a pilot in World War Two. Oh. He got out. He did some acting. Uh, he did some more acting. Eventually, like retired to open an antique shop in San Francisco. Lived there with his partner of forty six years. Died in his sleep in his like eighties. Wow, lovely. Like I mean, just made me very emotional thinking about. I have recently adjusted my estrogen dosage. <laughs> <laughs> this user has recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like why? Why am I crying about the fact that this guy had like a, a seemingly like very nice life that was like very very loving? It's mm -hmm. like, and this is. You know, Meanwhile, I've recently adjusted my testosterone dosage, so I'm having to hold myself down. When <laughs> The secretary walks in. <laughs> his his partner, by the way, is a guy called Tom Nickel, who is a, a British guy who was a display manager at Harvey Nichols. This is just—it like, feels like a collection of homophobic jokes. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, why don't you, why don't you go like uh, marry a guy who like works for like a menswear store and open an antique store in San Francisco? Sounds lovely. What a beautiful life. They really did have yeah. it all in yeah. the sixties. Truly, yeah. truly. They died the day before nine eleven. So, so we see Renault is like on his boat. He's reading a big newspaper that says, "News: American tourist dead, comma stupid." Oh, he died in two thousand seven. Actually, I'm afraid. Shit diver dies. Yeah, yeah, shit, shit diver fucks it, dies. Um, <laughs> and a, a couple of sort of menacing guys, in a great mode of menacing guy, uh, you know, in suits come up to him and sort of like menace him. Um, and then we cut away again to OSS Sandy set arriving. Another classic of the genre, his code name is just his normal name, but they've changed the surname. <laughs> Hubert yeah, Langdon. Who the fuck is Jersey Bondov? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> like Jersey Bondov is that? So, so he gets off this air, this beautiful um, Air France caravel, and I, again, I ask, you know, I I don't ask for much in this life, but what I want is a hundred thousand pounds worth of surgeries to make me look like I'm from the 1960s <laughs> and a vintage Air France uniform, mm -hmm. because fuck me, the steward as and you deserve it. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, you wouldn't even um, like fly on it, you'd just be in the plane. I'm just around, yeah, I'm just hanging out. The rental car lady? Yeah. The rental car lady. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's your type, definitely. So, yeah. so, so he, he goes across the airport to meet with a Hertz rental car lady, and again, he turns on the seduction mode, right? Which is like, ah, you have beautiful eyes. And so this is the thing, right? Yeah. We know this stuff is bad. We've talked about this being bad before, but we've also talked about a wrinkle in it, which is it's a compelling idea of the male fantasy 
that this is the kind of conversation that you have that is all in good fun, and mm-hmm. the woman has like never the woman who like works for the rental car agency has never heard the uh, do you come with the car joke never before ever before mm-hmm. yeah. in her entire mm-hmm. life and is like that's the male fantasy mm-hmm. is to be able yeah. to hit her with that line first. Well, really, the that's male it. fantasy is to be the only man. That's true. Yeah. Pretty much. I do like this dialogue though. He's he's suaver than Bond because uh, mm-hmm. he's like, it's "Oh, true. you have you have beautiful eyes," and she's like, "Oh, are you a customer?" And he goes, "For your eyes, yes." And she's like, "Oh, I'm afraid they're not for rental." And he's like, "Ah, dommage." <laughs> it's, it's really funny too because the actress playing this woman really makes this work because the way she plays it is that she's kind of indulging him, mm-hmm. which is really fun that it's like oh this is like a bit of kind of he's doing some some bullshit here but it's kind of fun and I'll go along yeah. with it it's also really funny that like okay so your secret's like Agent 700 rocks up to get his car what's the car gonna be is it gonna be a DB5 yeah Aston Martin yeah is it gonna be like <laughs> yeah. a Jaguar E-type no it's a fucking piece of shit Renault it's a it's good a Renault it's Dauphine yeah <laughs> it's just this gay little clown car it's this tiny little fucking <laughs> French car. Oh. I have so many thoughts about his gay little clown car, but first we're going to talk about the thing that kind of ruins yeah, the movie. Yeah, this was a shame. I was enjoying it till this part. They, they take the, the sort of like slightly too fun far. seduction thing a step too far, where he like forcibly pulls her in for a kiss, right? But because they got a gay actor to do this, apparently it wasn't convincing because they put it in fast mode. They do speed it up really noticeably. Because obviously in real life he was like gentler and softer about this. But then they just put it in fast motion. Sort of a laser bee yeah. situation. I put it in my notes as Mega Nonce fast motion attack, which is genuinely <laughs> what it is. Because uh, like, oh, his stand Mega Nonce fast motion attack. He just like <laughs> grabs her into like fast motion, and it's you know the classic bullshit thing where he like kisses her and she's like uh, horrified, but then into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. an assault. It's an assault. It's a, it's a sexual yeah, assault. It's, it's real sexual. nasty. Which is a real shame. Uh, and then he, but he like sexually assaults her, and then drives away in the smallest, shittiest, Frenchest car. Mm. Which, is just, yeah, it's, it's not. It's great. like this. Visibly, the body is like the body of the car is moving as he gets into mm-hmm. it, and it's just like this isn't like Sucks. even at the time they couldn't have thought this was cool. This is just pathetic. They didn't think that was a sexy car. That was definitely a no. joke. That's a punchline. Yeah, it's just oh, grim. So he goes to uh, to try and trace Renat, the the instructor, and he he goes to Renat's apartment, and a guy opens the door, and this I found sort of like, you know how in the Godfather Part One, the uh, first guy who like comes to Don Corleone is like visibly shitting it, and he's like rehearsing his lines outside the door, yeah, and you know that that's like a real mafioso who they just got to do it because he wasn't an actor and he was rehearsing the lines for real, right? Yeah, because. He was just playing it to be, like, terrified. It's good. I have found another role like that, which is this guy who opens the door. Because... <laughs> the, the, because... OSS Sunday set goes, Hey, are you, are you Renat? And he goes, Uh... Yes. <laughs> and it's like... Okay, we need you to do some bad acting. Mm. It's perfect. Clearly panics, yeah. Yeah, this is the role you would get me to do. Like, it's just I like, like this, though, because this this 
henchmen yeah, me too. doesn't immediately resort to violence the way that a Bond henchman with like a, a quirked, mm. fucked up disability would. Or with like, you know, metal <laughs> eyes or some shit. Quirked up Bond henchman. Yeah. <laughs> quirked, fucked up disability. You know, like, you, you know. It's just yeah, like, like having no eyes having or Having no eyes, having uh-huh. metal ears or some shit that a Bond guy would have, right? <laughs> he can hear you from a thousand yards. This guy's <laughs> just a dude and he tries to bluff his way through it first, like very unconvincingly. And he doesn't immediately fight, but when they do fight, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they have a fight which is uh I mean the choreography's not great, but I like mean, it's better than fucking early Bond who only had light true. attack, heavy attack, and grapple. Like that's the base line. This shit is amazing, yeah. It's not a ground game. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, ultimately uh uh OSS tries to interrogate him and then accidentally the guy falls on his own knife. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a way that's kind of contrived but the thing is i quite like this as a clumsy stupid killing yeah, yeah i like it a lot and oss sony set just sort of like emotionlessly goes mm. through his pockets afterwards like oss yeah, sony well. set stands next to the body and presses square and just like loots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is in what is in your inventory motherfucker it's take yeah. all yeah let's go um I would hate to have someone go through. Immediately inventory. becomes over encumbered, like walks to the chair really slowly. <laughs> well, what he does, what he does is he like goes through his stuff, leaves him there with a the knife sticking out of his back, and then sits there and turns the lights out and sits there in the dark. And we see James Bond and Jason Bourne and any number of other cunts do this, mm-hmm. right? But we only see the end of it when someone else comes in, discovers the body, the lights go up, and Bond is like in the chair with a gun, like yeah. We seldom see them do this part, yeah, because that makes them not magic. It just makes them unusually callous and patient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good. I, I also think this is a really good use of the film stock too, because obviously, as as we mentioned earlier, shadows are much more visible in black and white, mm. and half the shot is just filled up with this guy's shadow. It's really nice. It's like one foot still in film noir, mm. which I I really like. Nice. Um, th- this director did a lot of crime films, which mm. he did. Uh, so at this point, um, Nicholas and Bridgetta arrive, and they're like, "Somebody been vaping in here? It smells of <laughs> <laughs> strawberry like, jizz." I think this is so funny because they open the fucking door, <laughs> and Renault's just like, "Well, I'm gonna go to the police again, I guess." <laughs> Genuinely, like it, the the reaction that this gets really sort of like undersells yeah. it. Uh, he's like, "Well, all right, fine, whatever." T- two corpses in a week. Um, what's really funny is Brigitte's reaction where she opens the door, turns to see him, and just goes, <gasps> really needed more than a gasp. Yeah. Gotta be more yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's lying fully dead on the ground, and the best she can muster up is like, <gasps> as, <laughs> like, you don't have to do like full horror movie scream, but like, give me something. It's like, oh, like, shit. Mm. She then leaves. She's like, I don't, I don't feel good. I, I, I feel unwell having seen this corpse. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, uh, Bond brackets French Uber emerges mm-hmm. and says, "Brings the like, yeah, it's like aha." Yeah. And he claims to be William's brother-in-law. He's like, "Ah, oh, my brother-in-law was shit at diving, but you know, I'm here to here to collect his body, take mm-hmm. me to the body." And he's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> it's like, well, I could go to the police, and for a guy who was just about to do that, this immediately becomes a sort of like powerful threat. Because, Good point. <laughs> yeah, he genuinely walks in this room like, well, guess I have to talk to the cops again. And from this moment on, Uber's big hold over him is, I could go to the cops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really does control the scene, though. I, great acting. work by Cohen. Really, yeah. really solid. 
strange nut-based threats follow, where he just like fishes a walnut out of a bowl on the guy's table and is just like, "You're the nut. I'll crush the nut. What? <laughs> Check this out. I'm the thumb. <laughs> yeah. The other bad guys who are following you are the fingers. I. Y- uh-huh. y- you're, you're the nut. nut in my hands. <laughs> what? You're you you're nut in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the nut in my hands, and and if you don't do what I say or do, <laughs> this is gonna happen yeah, to you. Th- crack. Then you're nut. They're like, whoa. <laughs> do you have any vape? Your nut is all over my hands, <laughs> and I'm going it's to the police. Very rude to like come into someone's front room and just start crushing the nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm gonna bust your nuts. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> It's over just, he, say, he says you're the nut like to Lenoir <laughs> so many times. Yeah. He might even call him Vous. We we do our best here. Uh, you you say you're the nut. And then he's like turns on a dime. He's like, would you like help disposing of the body? Do you want to chuck that goes, body out the window though? Because yeah. he he, <laughs> yeah. he sets this up because he like when he's scouting the room, he notices that they have a window that just opens off the cliff mm-hmm. down to the yeah. sea, and he looks at that for a second, and then he sits down, and then when um, Renault and Brigitte come in, Renault's like, fuck, we could just chuck it out the window, I guess. So it's just like, yeah. you want a hand chucking that boy out the window? Mm-hmm. And suddenly they're on good terms. <laughs> it was worth it to see a sort of 1960s French movie dummy get tossed off a cliff. Insanely <laughs> fucking funny shot. <laughs> the dummy is so bad, it's so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if they follow it all the way down yeah. two yeah. things to discuss <laughs> immediately first of all as was the sound of a dime all filming was done visual only there was no sound recording everything is mm-hmm. folded in or dubbed afterwards um, which, which means that in a lot of scenes when he's walking around they don't know what to do so they do the fucking James Bond thing and just okay Oh la la the entire time he's just doing <laughs> something time. normal yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> the shot of this dummy coming out the window is so good because it comes out like it's fired out of a cannon. This thing is falling like <laughs> 20 feet away from the cliff. Yeah, they must have really fucking thrown Two it. Two stagehands have just like gone. The dummy yeah. is in a seated position, <laughs> falling completely <laughs> stiff. Like held on the whole way. And then when it hits the water, the foliage splash is so inappropriately gentle. <laughs> it's just like, sploosh. It's like... <laughs> They don't make them like this anymore. It's great. It's really They good. make them better, but that's worse. So he, he secures an agreement from Renault to like meet him tomorrow <laughs> morning and he'll take him to the Grosso, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, Brid- Bridget has overheard this. Ah, yes. She pretended ah, yeah. not to, but she has in fact that's overheard gross. it. Yeah. He, he does some more charm with her, including a very slick move where he shakes hands with her goodbye and then kind of like holds onto her hand for a second as he leaves. It's like, yeah. Mm. Uh... But yeah, so he then goes to investigate Roos's room, and there are two guys waiting for him in your classic sort of like spy movie thing. One of them's sort of like in a car directing the other. And the way they film this, it's the one sort of real misstep in the cinematography, is he's looking around the room, and then there's a reverse shot to outside, which makes it badly look as if one wall of the room is this parked car. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, slight editing uh, error there. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, this is the the fake blind guy from earlier, and then just an extra goon. Fucking blind yeah, again! Goon. The the extra goon guy tries to like hold him up with a with a forty five, uh, like a a nineteen eleven. Uh, by the way, they're blasting the theme song over all mm-hmm. of this, as you say. Yeah, ooh la la. 
What he does is he like high kicks the gun out of his hand. That's impressive. Which, yeah, he does. <laughs> we we get a bunch of like pretty dubious foley art of punches. It just sounds like someone like knocking a stack of cans over. Oh, it's kind of fun though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a better fight scene than the first one. I I always appreciate anything that opens with. Uh, being held up with a gun and then having it like kicked out of your hand. That's, yeah, like, uh, I'm that's mentally cool. comparing this to the Connery Bonds, oh, yeah. and this is better than any oh, of the course. fight choreography we got For in sure. that. Oh, easily, yeah, easily. The other henchman like runs over his buddy in the co- in the getaway mm-hmm. car to drive away, yeah. and so Uber yeah. doesn't have a chance to interrogate somebody again. It's like, oh no, yeah. what's going on? It's a cool. mystery. It's good. He, gen- he gently clips this guy with the corner of the car, and he dies instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really and the good. check that Uber does is like lift up one eyelid to see if the guy's eye is moving when it isn't. He's like, well, he's dead. That's oh. the square, loots all of his belongings again. Yeah. Just a lot of mm-hmm. wheels Nicole. of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Renat is like threatened in the middle of the night. By the way, after all this shit, he and Brigitte are sleeping on bunk beds, which is just really insulting. Like, mm. do all this shit in order to get a hot girlfriend. She's like on a bunk above you. It's like, okay. Maybe maybe she's into that? Maybe that's I don't know. What bunk play? <laughs> like Denial? Are I you guess? a top or a bottom? Yeah. Well <laughs> It's a bunk bed, so yeah, we'll take turns, I guess. Uh <laughs> sorry, really funny to imagine somebody who's so innocent they you ask if they're a top or a bottom and they go, Do you have bunk beds? That's fucking hilarious. That's really copyright, good. Copyright, okay. copyright, yeah, no, no, right that's that's going in a script. That's going in a script. Sorry. You can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but so he, he gets threatened in the middle of the night by, you know, the guys who have found Roos's old dive gear. Yeah. And he like leaves with the boat and Brigitte in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. forcing Hubert, the next morning, who has, like, you know, found the berth empty, to go and find a plane and then use that plane to figure out where the boat is and where it's going. Yeah, so he follows, he follows them out to sea. Yeah. Um, first, he spies on some women who are sunbathing topless on the boat, which I'm not so fond of. The, the general aviation nonce. And then he sees the, their boat and he's like, sort of divines from that that they're going to Nice. So he has to go to the next location, which is Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he then follows Brigitte into a cafe yes. and has a sort of a conversation with her. And she's like, he, he does have a good line, which is, um, she's like, oh, fancy running into you again. He's like, oh, the free world's very small, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also, she says she's a Swedish model. Um, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. he, she says that she's Nicholas's mistress, even though they sleep in separate bunk beds. Mm-hmm. That's just what she thinks being a mistress is. Yeah. When you share a bunk with someone. Yeah. Well, not even a bunk, a bunk bed mm-hmm. with someone. Um, and he, he says, uh, I'm looking for my brother-in-law's body. It's important. Mm. And she agrees to like meet him and help. By the way, it's quite a frank conversation about sex. Like, it's not one, mm. Even the Bond ones used more innuendo than this. Whereas he's like, are, are you fucking him? And she's like, yeah. Uh, are you, were you fucking Roos? And she's like, no. Um, it's It's like... Surprisingly blase. I mean, French. I guess she says but. no. I wasn't fucking Roos, and he just goes, "Why not?" <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a hot guy and a great diver. Mm. Why weren't you? Like, he's really sort of like wingmanning his boy from beyond the grave. <laughs> wingmanning a dead person's very, very funny. <laughs> Like, why? Why not? He's got a lot to offer. I mean, not now, yeah, he but he did. did. Yeah, he was a handsome mm, man. Yeah, less so now. Less so um, now, still handsome. So, just got shot in the chest. It's fine. She she leaves, um, and oh, he's like full fathom five by now. Like his eyes are like. Oh god, I forgot yeah, he was yeah, left yeah. underwater. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. Now this man is this man is not looking good. 
She 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 leaves and he follows her in the most obvious I am following someone down the street mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. They hadn't invented espionage yet. Yeah, he's like leaning behind postcards and like columns and shit. It's really it's really great. It gen- it wouldn't be more obvious if he had like a big like a big uh, newspaper open with the eye holes cut out just walking down the center of the street towards her. What would you do if you like saw someone on the street like hiding behind a pillar? Like clearly following someone because like I feel like that would trigger my like video game NPC sort of like alert face. I feel like I'd rock up and go, "What's up? What's what are you doing? What's, what's going on? Why are you why, why are you doing that?" It's like, yeah, but yeah. I think I would just go, "Must have been the wind," and carry on with what I was doing. <laughs> You're very like little peripheral vision. I would I would do the same thing that I do whenever I see like the police talking to like a homeless person or someone, and just like mm. wait nearby. Just sort of where you find a column across the thing, <laughs> yeah. and then also like yeah, post I take out my big newspaper with the eye holes cut out. Were you listening? <laughs> I sit down on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know you like that. And your your serpica. <laughs> That's re- <laughs> well, I'd be I'd be in disguise, which yeah, is not wearing the hat. Of course, you can't tell who I am at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different, different person. So he he follows her into a, into a Catholic church. Where she meets a guy. Now this guy, I love this guy, this fucking guy. So this is this is Sasha Munin, who is uh, like meant to be a Russian agent, mm-hmm. and this is Daniel Emilfork, also gay. This is important for a point I'm going to make later, mm. right? Chilean dude, very very weird looking head, really um, like mm. brutal. I don't know, like severe facial features. Mm. Love it. The, the, like the cheekbones and the sort of like the it's hairline, like a condor. Hang on a minute. What are you saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's clocky. Um, so, he's saying I'm clocky. <laughs> so he's like bricked up. No, he's like this guy looks it, like an eagle. He looks like a bird. Yeah, Leave him be. Yeah. Neither of you look like All this right, guy. Fuck it. All right, fuck it. I'll talk. I'll talk about it now. I will talk about it now. The reason why I want to talk about the way this guy looks and the reason why I mentioned that he's gay is because it's the same thing that you get with a lot of, uh, especially like the combination of gay and Jewish actors in film noir in this sort of like, you know, 30s through 50s, and including 60s, I guess, period, where it's like, they're cast face first, uh, and they're cast on this sort of like, basis of looking to the audience and being made to look weird and alienating and kind of effeminately threatening, Mm -hmm. right? It's the same thing uh, with uh, 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 Peter Lorre in The Maltese Falcon, Um, Herbert Lom gets a few roles like this, there are a bunch of others whose names I can't even remember because they're really obscure sort Mm -hmm. of like film noir things, but it's like, essentially the role is, check out this weird looking dude, right? Uh, Isn't isn't he sinister? And there are some implications with those. Mm -hmm. And I mean, See. listen. I think it's done effectively here, but I think what we can say is that we can problematize it. Yeah. Yes, right? I believe that that's true. Anyway, he's he's like her handler because she's a double agent. Mm, I liked this reveal. I like that she's not just kind of a bikini bimbo. Mm. Really like this. Yeah. yeah. So she she reports all of OSS Sandy's movements to to him and says, "Look, I'm going to meet him tonight with Nicholas." Um, and he's like, "Look, make sure you get them into the apartment at ten o'clock, um, and then when." Sandy set arrives, offer them a drink. And she's like, Oh, are you gonna you gonna poison them? And he's like, That doesn't matter. We'll take care of it. You shut up. You don't supposed to know anything. <laughs> yeah. Really, Ethan really like Pay has not reached the world of espionage no. and still hasn't. But not um, that we would know. You know. That's why I had to start this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's she's been given this mission sort of like an improv prompt. Her whole role in the whole next of the scene is like 
is always trying to get others to drink, yeah. which is really, <laughs> yeah, funny. really funny. By the way, we also see that French intelligence has gotten wind of this, mm-hmm. and like through a series of phone calls, there is a guy, Thibault, who has been like detailed to follow Sasha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. S- Sasha has a little meeting with a guy named uh, Hugo. And I really yep. like their energy. They have a great little rapport yeah, between each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. I love all you the henchmen in this. Yeah. They have names, they have like personalities. Yeah. Sasha has a sick, nasty car. Mm-hmm. He's a oh. way cooler car yeah, than he does. Holy shit. Hell yeah, this car is so cool. Got a, got a 61 Chevrolet Impala. Oh, beautiful. In black, too. Oh, mm, I want man. this. But he, and he goes to you guys, like, listen, mate, just, just, just get in there. You know what you have to do. Here's the. Here's a kit for doing it, and then we got to Hugo, and he, all he's, he's just poisoning every drink in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. that I find yeah. really fun. Yeah, yeah. The entire like bar globe is poisoned. Yeah. You know? Can I feel whiskey? Poison. Vodka? Poison. Because mm-hmm. we you we know? did this bit in one of the Uncle films, where in in the reboot Uncle, yeah. the the twenty sixteen one, where she just mm. poisons every drink in the fucking room yeah. and it's like you were gonna Genuinely. drink something yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I just really really like that as a technique because mm. it could can... <laughs> yeah it's great it's fantastic so, so, so OSS Sondiset uh, arrives at the apartment Brigitte is trying to get them all to drink she has a drink she doesn't know that it's poisoned Sondiset is vaping Nicholas is they don't vape in my house oh no I <laughs> So he's about to put down the vape and have a drink, but he's like, he's he's getting delayed by things. Like he's about to get some ice for his whiskey, but the ice is kind of like frozen into the mm-hmm. the ice cube tray. He has to like run it under a tap <laughs> yeah, to get it out. It's luck. It's luck. Because by the time he's about to drink his drugged drink, Nicholas has already had his and it's collapsed. And somebody says like, "Oh shit!" But not drink it. Mm. That's. I think that's what I like the most about this movie is they keep showing you like how how the cookie is made a little mm-hmm. bit, like mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. you, yeah. Beth sitting down and waiting with this guy just poisoning every drink in there. These are things that in the Bond films would be like, it would just happen that that one was the poisoned one, or they would open the door and Bond would be in there. But we get mm-hmm. to see like the setup a little bit more, like and it's it. nice. A little bit of tradecraft. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Um, so, so just in time, because Ugo is coming up the stairs to, like, I guess, kill them some more. Just shoot them all while they're asleep, I guess. He's going to stab them as in their sleep, I think, is the plan. Yeah. And and so he has to like. I mean, why not just poison them at this point? But anyway, uh, so Uber has to like sort of like fake being unconscious. He like slumps down in a chair, and as this other guy Hugo is about to sort of like um, kill Renat, this guy, first of all, <laughs> alarmingly bald henchman. It's the first time mm-hmm. we see him outside of the car. He turns his head, and you're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Finasteride, not a big thing mm-hmm. in in 1960s France. Wow. That's why the women all look like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Um, but the other thing about the alarmingly bald henchman is that he has a secret attack because Ossessandusette tries to creep up on him and he has an instant knife throw. Mm. He just like tosses the knife and like catches yeah. the handle in his hand, pivots, throws instantly. It's really funny. Mm. This this leads to like a knife fight. Renat gets stabbed while he's still unconscious and dies. Mm-hmm. And Sandy Set deploys an uncle chop. He like uncle yes, chops Hugo right in the in neck the and throat. knocks him out. Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved it. I was like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> so good. Listeners, if you're not familiar, like something we picked up from the Man from Uncle series is that if you want to perfectly knock someone out, you just deliver mm-hmm. them with like a straight hand karate chop, like usually between the shoulder blades. In this case, like the throat is unusual, but it will just like just out like a light, just whoosh, out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I appreciate that we we kill Renault without any sentimentality. Yep. He's just dead. Yep. He's dead. I really like that. Yeah. He dies in the same way that everyone dies. Is just you just see them lying completely still with a big knife stuck out of some of them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Brigitte is like unconscious. Yeah, I think she's been drugged mm-hmm. as well. That's my belief for what Hugo is gonna do. Is he was just gonna come in there and just stick a big knife into all three of them? And yeah, then just leave. So, <laughs> he had the three knives. That was all going to get. Yeah, <laughs> three equal sized knives. Mm-hmm. So, um, so at this point, Hubert tries to escape, but Sasha is coming up the stairs, and Thibaut is following him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens next is a kind of convoluted sequence where Sasha goes into the apartment sees what has happened, perfectly like vertically escapes out of a skylight. He uses like yeah. the ascend ability. He like he like <laughs> opens up the, the wheel of runes and like uses ascend and just yeah, just straight just goes up. up, yeah. Which leaves Tebow, who has a gun, and ends up holding up OSS on the set at gunpoint. Thinking he's a henchman. Yeah. There then follows a fight scene where each of them gets that gun kicked out of their hands about three mm-hmm. times. It's, it's so genuinely funny. like every buttery gun. Like it's just like whoops. None of them can hold this Whoop. fucking gun. <laughs> trying so very lubricated <laughs> pistol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> they just get eventually. stuck in a constant cycle of kick the gun out of the hand, pick it up. The yeah. other one goes oh, <laughs> kicks the gun out of the hand. The other picks it up. Tivo gets up at gunpoint, calls in to French intelligence and asks them to call back, gets the gun kicked out of his hand again, and then while he's held at gunpoint, OSS on set is like, why don't you make yourself a drink? Now, I thought this was like, he's testing him to see if he knows whether or not it's poison. I thought it was but too. No, 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 he's like, he straight up it. poisons <laughs> He's just like, when, when you have a drink, guy collapses. Two yeah. things. This whiskey, perfectly clear. And this guy slugs it like it's lemonade or also, some he shit. He pours turns so that. much. Like, it's <laughs> like half a mug of whiskey. I guess if you're getting held at gunpoint and someone's like, make yourself a drink, you would get the whiskey and just fill the pint glass and be like, you know mm. what? I might be about to die. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. buying. I'm buying time. I'm doing a little sippy sip because I'm like you wouldn't. You wouldn't shoot a woman before she's finished her drink, would you? <laughs> That's true. Massive drink. That's true. Yeah, you, wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't shoot a woman before she's finished her novelty beer style. <laughs> you, you just sit down with one of those like fucking um brunch bloody marys. This has got like the pizzas and mm-hmm. the bagels stuck on the top of it. <laughs> I haven't finished my drink! <laughs> you wouldn't shoot a woman before she's finished her, her commemorative chugging boot. <laughs> a yard of beer? <laughs> Sit down with her. Like a shine of whiskey. Like a horn of mead? Like, yeah. Uh. Anyway, that guy get that guy immediately knocks himself out. Mm-hmm. I Fred still did- wasn't a hundred percent that the poison just knocks you out. I thought he just killed his ass. Like, I, and the thing is, I thought it was it was a better movie when I thought mm-hmm. that. Yes, but then then French intelligence calls back, and you go picks up the f- Hubert. Sorry, Hubert picks up the phone, and like after like two seconds, he's like. Hey, it's fucking Hubert! Oh, how you doing, boys? Yeah. I didn't know it's yeah. gonna be you. <laughs> just like. Oh shit, Tebow works for you? It's just uh, like getting I called by was... M and being like, oh <laughs> shit. I hope that was knockout poison and not dead poison. Yeah, hi, Barbie. Uh, so what's really funny is that, like, Uber has a sort of Kamala Harris level of weird, inappropriate laughter throughout this scene. Mm-hmm, we, like, mm-hmm. the guy says two words and he's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's asleep. 
But like, wake yeah, him up and he's like, not them. too easy. He not might have hit easy. his head on the table as he went down. I didn't check. He could be very seriously ill. <laughs> I'm going to put him in a recovery position now. Just hold on. Hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was very confused just then. I didn't know what was going on. So he he then has to do some more nonsense, mm. right? Because oh. our, our our girl has been left under an open skylight that Sasha has like jumped vertically up through. Mm. Yeah. So she's she's gotten wet and she just like wakes up in his bed the next morning in his pajamas. In his pajama shirt only. Yeah. Mm. And we get a bit of sort of like Comic relief about the possibility of roofing this woman. Yes, where he, where she's like, "Oh, did you?" And he's like, "No, but what if I had though?" Pretty funny. Mm. And he does the weird Kamala Harris laugh. He also yeah. says that he he undressed her and then redressed her, so he has now assaulted her. Yes, um, but he clarifies that he didn't rape her and that he slept in a separate bed. So good guy. Great. It's like, cool he also says that this might be a joke or might not that he rubbed her all over with rubbing alcohol, which. Yeah, I I don't know. Probably a joke, but very strange. Yeah, the the I joke is so. that maybe he assaulted this woman. Like that's meant to be the yeah, joke. It's like, that's okay. the bit. Huge, like rolling in the aisles when they were playing this, you know. Mm. Uh, so at this point, we now got to go to the secret base. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, and I start paying attention to the movie again. I sit up in right. my seat. Because we've got a cave with a science device in it. You know what it looks like, baby. Yeah, I oh. love the science device. It's it's like hanging from the ceiling. It's like a Tesla coil looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see we see this guy Mayan. That's his code mm -hmm. name. He's like a KGB agent. He's setting up the sub detector. Mm -hmm. Hey, I could use one of them. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I mean, it's da, da, fucking da, da, da. like I'm throwing off the results all the time. <laughs> But so he talks to his guy Boris, right? You know, you got to introduce a Russian guy that you don't write too much. You call him Boris, and Boris is like, "What I've done is I've <laughs> wired up two things. I've so what we're gonna do is we're gonna plant the sub detector, and then we pull this white lever that blows up the small bomb that like dynamites off the cave entrance and seals the thing in here, and no one knows it's here, and we're good. Mm -hmm. Immediately next to that." Mm -hmm. Is the black colored <laughs> bomb unlabeled? That's the much larger bomb that destroys everything and kills all of us. Just in case. I just, just in, I put this in just in case. And it's like, bro, Boris, may, maybe sometimes you shouldn't go the extra mile. Mm. What are you like? You, yeah, Boris, mate. It's still not the worst base self destruct mechanism we've ever seen. That still goes to Thrush from the man from Uncle, who had a yes. timer clock on their on their wall that was one button, and that you had to keep like changing the clock on it. <laughs> you had to keep pressing it every thirty minutes mm. to reset the mm. countdown. Yeah, really good, actually. Yeah, but yeah, the the identical handles mm -hmm. is like really funny. It's like just in case, just in case. Yeah, this is the just bomb that we have to press, and right next to it, here's the one that kills us all. There's no key. There's no password. Unlabeled. It's just a lever. Yeah. And it's, there's no like countdowns in case you press the wrong one by accident. You've got like 30 seconds to change your mind. It's just like, no, nope. bam, dead. This becomes even funnier later. You're having a bad day at work. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, having enlisted her, her help again, Hubert takes Brigitte back to, to Corsica. They reuse the final footage of the Air France plane. Mm -hmm. He is issued from the woman that he sexually assaulted earlier. A smaller 
shittier car. clown car. Yes. Yes. I, I cannot stress enough how much how much of this movie, like as a percentage, is watching this guy bounce down a cobbled street in this small, shitty, gay little French car. All the wheels are pointing in different directions, like Lupin the Third, and the soundtrack is going like boop de doop de boop boop. <laughs> it's so fun. But, but at this point, in this scene, right, when he gets the second shittier car, he drives them to a hotel, the soundtrack just gives up, and they do it in total silence. There is also a nice <laughs> moment in the airport where Brigetta gets a moment on her own, and another henchwoman called Lucia mm. comes to her mm. and gives her her instructions, and is like, remember, if you don't betray Sandy Set, then we'll kill you and your family. Your family and... Stockholm. Good news, you're yes. under duress. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. I see the shape now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the shape from the start, but you know. Not to keep calling Co and Matthews the F slur, right? But the scene where they check into the hotel is very cruising because the gist of it is he has to get his wife, like this woman, out of the way and then immediately make contact with another man and take him to a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Listen. It's a tough life out there. It's filmed that way. It's 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 genuinely like not intentionally, mm. but it's it's like mm. cruising. Ex- had cruising been invented then? Yeah, of course, of course. I had Cru- cruising's older than the fucking Babylonian Empire. Like it's a lost art. Yeah. Mm. I mean, well, I I don't know. I think the people keep it alive, mm. but um, yeah, yeah. He gets a he gets his own sort of like secret instructions. Mm-hmm. She like you know is going through his baggage in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And he has to like make up another lie about why he's really there. Where he's like, "I'm from the sexy insurance company." Mm. And she <laughs> accepts this immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. You always want to get sexy insurance. Y- you mm-hmm. couldn't do this now. You couldn't be like, what if you're a victim of a sexy crime?" Yeah, I, I actually, yeah. I actually work as a as an investigator for an insurance company. Mm. A woman now would not be like, "Ooh, yeah, they, yeah, they don't, they don't have you investigating shit anymore." Most recent example of this was Memento. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the only guy who was like, oh, in a past life I was an insurance company investigator. Mm. And it's like, oh, cool. It's like, ooh, Carrie Ann Moss, like, wow, mm. damn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, like, I'd like for being an insurance company investigator to be that cool. Because yeah. I think we need more cool professions. Yeah. 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 Um, California Fire and Exactly. Life. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. It's licensed mm. to just have a little look around. Yeah. To see what's up. Talk around. Sexy yeah. insurance. <laughs> yeah, I work for an insurance agency. I'm I'm empowered to just sort of rock up and just mm-hmm. annoy the fuck out of everybody <laughs> for as long as yeah, I need. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they sort of reconcile mm. on this basis, and then they sail to the grotto to finally investigate the body. She has an extremely <sighs> cunt white wetsuit with matching yeah, goggles, tank, and fins. Gorgeous. We disagree. I, I I write down here alarmingly unsexy rubber wetsuit. So maybe I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to go to the tapes. I mean, I'm comparing it to like baseline wetsuits, which are extremely unsexy. This isn't the sexiest mm. wetsuit we've ever seen on the podcast. That honor still goes to Beyonce's, but this is the second sexiest wetsuit we've seen. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna get people very mad at me here, but I just don't find rubber that sexual material, to be honest. Like, no, nor do I. But I mean, like relative to a wetsuit, normally. I see. I see. Because that's like like neoprene or whatever, which is even less. Okay. Yeah. You no, know, I had to do a play wearing a neoprene corset. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. Ugh. Yeah. God, it's so sweaty. Um, yeah. It's, so the, the, it's not cunt. I've just gone to no. the tape. Sorry. No. Oh, sorry. Right, well, I'm outvoted. They, they dive, and she she like ditches him pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she knows that he's being set up to be killed and it's a trap. 
And the problem is that, like, in Thunderball, they gave Bond a kind of baby girl, red and white they did. scuba outfit. Mm-hmm. It was... Listen, that was a good outfit. Mm-hmm. It was a good, it, but the reason why he had that was because you could look at the thing and be like, "That's, that's James, James Bond." Bond. Yeah, I yeah. can tell who's who underwater. That's, my, that's James Bond voice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh whereas this, God. oh, it's James Bond. James whereas Bond? this in black and white, mm, hard to tell yeah. who's who. Same. Much more, much more difficult. And I, I also sort of wrote down at this point, it's like an hour and twenty something into the movie. Can an underwater knife fight be boring? Mm. And the answer: um, Yes, it can. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, my notes say, this bit reminds me of Thunderball, which you should take yeah. to mean, I'm the most bored I've ever been in yeah, my life. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is French for Thunderball, you know? Probably Thunderball, but like, French for Thunder. It's, it's like, Balle de Tonnerre. Let's just do that live. De la Tonnerre, yeah. So yeah, so he like, kills two guys, he like, boops one of them with a prop knife, the other one gets shot with a spear yeah. gun. He wins the fight. He surfaces again, and, and Bridget yeah. is crying on the boat. She's also completely dry. Mm-hmm. Not sure yeah. um, and he he realizes that she's betrayed him, and he throws her down. He beats her. He does the he does the like it's it's vintage sort of Bond woman abuse because he slaps her a few times, and then he does the thing that like men do to women in these shots, where he just kind of like grabs her by the shoulders and shakes her a bunch, like a mm-hmm. like a a baby you're trying to murder. Yeah. Yeah, he slaps her in the face, and then it hard cuts to them both in bed and him going, are you feeling better now? And I'm like, what? Yeah, genuinely. Uh, yeah, is what? is there a real missing? Happened? Was there something there? Like, did they shag? <laughs> he just, like, shakes Maybe? her a lot, and then, like, picks her up and, like, tucks her into bed off camera? Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know. I mean... Don't do that without consent. I mean, to be honest, don't do not do the, like, grabbing someone by the shoulders and shaking the thing with consent, because, like... Oh, don't do the shaking. I was talking about the slapping. Actually, no, don't do that either. You don't crack my teeth. And, and I need those to work. Just come to take the rings off first. Not that, I mean, you know, I've been slapped in the face a lot. I'm fine. Oh, I mean, so have I, but I stopped doing it because you can crack your teeth. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no yeah. one would notice with mine. So, like, uh, the, the, the sort of alarming, alarming digressions in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, he has to contrive a way to get out of, like, her clutches, which he does by getting arrested. Mm. They do kiss at this point, and that's why my notes say, did they shag? Because there's, so, there's suddenly a level of physical intimacy here that, that seems to have been absent before. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's also apparently told him everything. Now I'm just like, okay, what, is there a scene missing? Yeah, and know. then he gets arrested for being yeah. a nonce, and I'm like, massive W for Bridget here. <laughs> um, funny if this is the yeah. end of the movie. <laughs> 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 it just, there's just some guys come in and like, and you're under arrest, and he's like, what? What? <laughs> just, just like, yeah, you thought the, the cops were a joke. No, we've been investigating this shit the whole time. Uh, but no, it, it turns out that it's like French intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and th- this guy, Forestier, is, is like running the whole thing. Felix, Felix Leiter. Yeah. Felix Leiter, brackets French. There is also a comic relief guy whose job is to follow him, who looks alarmingly like Chris Moltisanti. Mm-hmm. And who gets an extended comedy scene where he's trying to use the phone to call in to the Russians, but there's a woman in there. Doing her makeup. Whatever. Fuck! The plan is, uh, so 117 looks like he's been arrested, and so Bridget obviously goes back to the secret base where her handlers are, and then they're like, ah, now we follow her, and she's going to lead us right to it. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. And they do. Um, so they get, to the, they get to the secret base, and then they're like, oh, shit, how are we going to get in? And then uh, the henchman who's been following them comes up behind them, um, they get him to get out of his car, and then they uncle chop him to death. Yes, they, they say that textually. Him. Like Forestier punches him, and he's like, he "Oh damn, this guy's him. fucking dead." He uncle chops him, and then and then Sonny sets like 
oh my god, like this, this man's fucking stone cold dead. You're a murderer, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> see, that's what happens if you try to do the uncle chop, but you haven't had the training that uncle provides. Mm, yeah, it's a dangerous to be mm, fucking around with. It is. Don't try this at home. And then mm. Sandy Set manages to uncle chop a guard without killing him, and they even make a joke out of this. Mm. Like, is he dead? It's like, no, he's fine. We'll just stash him in the boot of the car. With a dead guy, like, I always wondered about this with the Hitman games, it's like, I cannot imagine many more traumatizing experiences than waking up in a sort of, like, closet, or sort of locker, or trunk of car, having been Uncle Chopped Unconscious, next to a corpse. It's like, a bad situation. It could be worse. Mm. True, but like, talk about uh, your survivor's guilt, Jesus. But then also you're like, well, they probably think I'm dead. I guess, but at what point do you get out of the truck? And then you can do the James Bond thing where you go, Whoa, and you disguise yourself as a mummy and scare a henchman. <laughs> Smart. That's that's true. You can do that. Um, so what they do is they weekend at Bernie's, this guy. They just fully <laughs> yeah. put him in the front of the car, have him like honk the horn, and have the guards sort of like open the gate for him. They even nod his head at one yeah. point, which just feels insulting, you know? They do nod his head, it's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy, by the way, he's the blind guy from the start. Um, okay. Finally, we've wrapped up that particular. Oh, okay. Should be driving then. To yeah, be he's supposed to recognize him by his distinctively large eyebrows. But what? Excuse me. It's just, just probably the, shouldn't be driving if you're dead either. The guy who looks like Christopher Moltisanti. Mm. So uh, we we get some we get some scenes where where Mayan is kind of like threatening um, Brigitte and her family in Stockholm. And uh, yeah, she she's like, oh, they're gonna take me back to the USSR for trial. She goes to her bedroom, and Sasha has to put the like incel moves on her to prove that he's like sinister and sexually predatory, mm -hmm. which he does. And he's like, you you know, I'm I'm your only chance of like getting out alive. At which point, OSS Sandy set like springs out and strangles him for a bit. Just like no, just just a one punch knocks him out. Just just one hit. Oh, excuse me, the strangling is later yeah. on, yeah. And then Mayan enters, uh, and Lucia too, and gets 117 at gunpoint and captures them all. Yeah, by surprise, because he has them at gunpoint at first, mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, guess what, bitch, we have two women. Mm -hmm. and, and Lucia is like, you know, we've got all the, all the kinds of women, blonde, brunette. That's it, yep. baby, and that's good. Yes, that's all mm -hmm. of them. Uh, and uh, on knowledge and belief. and she, she No women of colour. No people mm -hmm. of no. colour at all. In, no, both the colours, blonde and brunette. Black and white. Yeah, those are the two. <laughs> Everyone's in this film stock. Um, uh-huh. Um, they, they, they do the classic get handcuffed to a pipe yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. to be handcuffed to a pipe. Forestio's out there with a sniper rifle. Um, so they're, they're going to be taken back to the USSR and tried, which is cool. I thought they were going to be like, and now you will remain here and we will blow up the base and you with it. Yeah. But I like that our no. communists are like, no, we will take you back to the USSR and try you. Perhaps we will yeah. even persuade you to join us. Yeah. All they want to do with with Osasandu set is like if they can't do that, interrogate mm. him and then trade him in a spy swap. Yeah, they even say this. Yeah, it's all they want. It's quite cold war. Yeah, yeah. It's also quite nice that their plan is not to like end the world or steal a bunch of gold. They're like, no, we want to give our country a slight military advantage. Yeah, we want to know what the guys are. Which reasonable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Sasha takes them out on a boat to get them to like a rendezvous off the coast. Uh, this is where Osasandu set tries to like strangle him with his handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What Sasha does is he like feigns unconsciousness and then goes for his boat gun. He has a gun hidden on the boat. Mm. <laughs> yes, he does. Hell yeah. A special little like cubby, a special little compartment for mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Um for the for this uh, waiting for this moment. You don't want the gun to get wet. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. 
Listen, when you put the gun in your fridge, it's you're not planning to use it. Mm. You just want it to be there when you need it. Like a, I love gun. Cold, yeah. Nice cold gun on a hot day. Especially when it's served, served at the correct, the correct temperature. temperature. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that joke of the live show. Um, so so Sasha, Sasha reaches for his boat gun. Brigitte, quicker off the ball, turns around, just kills him out of hand. And there is a funny little bit where like, OSS Sonny said doesn't realize that's what she's done. He thinks she's just like hauled off and killed him for no reason. And it's only when he like checks and sees that he had a gun that he's like, oh, thanks. At um, this point, we really get good. the moment that caused me to laugh out yes. loud. This is just yes. think, Right, okay, our heroes are on the boat. Peresti's <laughs> got a rifle. We're going back. We're going to have the final confrontation. <laughs> and Mayan and Lucy are just like, I don't want to do the final confrontation. Do you? No. They just pull the black lever and themselves yeah. They literally just, it's quite nice. Like, he holds the lever. He's like, we're done. We're done. It's over. Yeah. He holds the lever. She puts her hand on top of his hand on the lever and they just Aww. pull it and it just goes. And it's like, that's the movie. It's, it is the end of the movie now. Bang. <laughs> Mine just goes for it. It's over. <laughs> The, the thing is, I'm so glad Boris installed this just in case. Uh, the thing is, th- there were may- ways to like film this effectively, right? To be like, damn, this is like ice cold. They'd rather die than be captured. Mm. Like, the, mine even says, like, I know too much to be taken alive, right? But the way that it's filmed and the way that it comes out is like, well, time to kill ourselves now. Mm. Whoop, yeah. Pulls yeah. the thing, blows up. And like, that, that's, that's not all the movie because there is one little bit at the end where in a very sort of smarmy way that the later movies will parody very well. Ursa Sandy said is like, yeah, we gotta like go back and say bye to Ferretier. And to you, looking into the camera, wink. And that's the credits. Mm, just uh, upping the S score by a whole point by doing that. That's right. And speaking of which, I mean, do, do we have any sort of like closing thoughts about OSS Sandy set is off the fucking chain? I I liked this. And I liked I like it this. more than I liked the early Bonds. I had fun. It dragged mm. a little in, in Act 2, which these mm-hmm. films often do. But sure. I, I had fun with it. It's a shame about the uh, assaults. Um, it's it's in, in many ways a better movie than Doctor No, yes. but it doesn't have the innovation of the villain, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Mayan's not... He doesn't have a fish window. No. He's not doing any monologues about how oh, Sissondi said is a stupid policeman. He doesn't really do anything except kill himself for no reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's mm. ah. <laughs> good. <laughs> I I really I, enjoyed I, I, this. I, bit, I yeah. bit back a really sort of like self-deprecating joke. <laughs> one. I some credit there for growing as a person. Well done. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so so yeah, th- there is an alternate timeline in which these were the sort of like primacy mm. of sort of like spy movies, and like France, you know, won a sort of civilization, so cultural victory. Um, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, James Bond." You mean the British OSS Sandy set? Mm. Yeah, because in many ways, this is this guy isn't Bond, as mm. as stated. No. He pre he predates Bond. He was already very well established by the time the Bond movies started coming out. There were eighty eight fucking novels mm. uh, by sixty three, which is the mm. year that this movie came out. Mm. So like, it's sort of not Bond, but it is in many ways Bond. That Bond's and older I, yeah, brother. That's what I like about it. It's sort of, it's, it's almost unfair that this gets shoehorned into yeah. Eurospy yeah, when yeah. a lot of the Eurospy that we're going to see is going to be mm-hmm. very, very derivative. This kind of isn't because there isn't much to derive. Mm. That's, that's what I think I like about this. I like, there's, got, there's a lot of OSS on these set movies that are going to be into space mm-hmm. throughout this season. We're not just doing them in order. Mm-hmm. But they, they do give us a brief reprieve because these aren't really specifically textually parodies of James Bond mm. no. in a way that a lot of the other Eurospy movies were. Mm-hmm. So 
they have their own little innovations sort of thing. They have different ways of doing it that I think will be very refreshing when it comes to the next one of these. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Baffling next one. Baffling that this dude is supposed to be Louisianan. Um, yeah. But there is an alternate universe in which people were just like, oh, James Bond, you mean the British straight yeah. OSS Sandy set? That's right. That's right. I, gen- I genuinely believe that the kind of like Kerwin Matthews masculinity would have mm. been uh, maybe, yeah, like a somewhat better timeline if that had been the one that had caught on mm. instead of instead of Sean Connery's. Mm. Uh, because although he does a bunch of the same things, his heart's kind of not really in it mm. in the same way. Um, kind of like a Roger Moore. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, a little bit like a younger fitter Roger Moore um, but we have a science based rating yeah, system on this podcast which we are going to deploy for every Eurospy movie until mm-hmm. the strike has ended uh, now it's called the SCUM system, it stands for SMARM cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence and misogyny, how SMARMY is OSS 117 Sedechen? Well to any new listeners we go to a soft cap of 7 mm-hmm. um, but a hard cap of 10 if we think the movie is exceptionally bad in one of these areas. I don't think it's exceptionally smarmy. It's Given not. What it, like, I, I don't want to... Mm. Mm. It, it tends to become apparent if we're going to be going over seven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, I don't want to sort of grade on a curve, mm-hmm. as no. it were, right? And I think that's something we've been careful to avoid with the Bond movies, mm-hmm. is to be like, well, it was of its time, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or like, even the opposite of that. Well, it's grown as a franchise. I No, we, we're judging these things sort of like in isolation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even on those terms... I Siskel and Ebert would. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like Siskel and Ebert. I think it does get a full point for that wink at the end. It's got to get the, the one wink, extra point of smarmy. The yeah. wink is pretty smarmy. The like discreet episodes where he activates nonce mode are pretty smarmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the nut thing would be smarmy if it wasn't so insane. <laughs> to be like, just look at a guy really intensely in the eyes and be like, you're the nut. You're like this nut. <laughs> you're like this nut. You're like this nut. Mm-hmm. What was his plan? <laughs> He's you're, just you're the, you're the nut in my hat. Oh, bust your nut. He what? spent the whole time he was waiting in that room, looking at things in the room to like threaten this guy <laughs> with, being like, "I gotta go with mm. the nut." I think. Mm. If he hadn't had a nut in that bowl, he's like fucked. You're like you're the you're the. You're the apple. Mm. You're the like sort of decorative I'll, I'll wall. Juice you. Uh... <laughs> he yeah. had to practice tearing an apple in half with his bare hands so that he could do this. <laughs> You're this mm-hmm. pack toy. Where did you get this? What? Uh, four? You were this little vase in my hand. Um, yeah, I I would say a four. Four's yeah, pretty it's average. It's sort of like yeah. more, slightly more than average, but mm-hmm. not not a huge amount. Cultural insensitivity. I mean, Again. it doesn't really do any bits about Corsica doesn't? or Nice, which are the uh, like the the Russians are not played for laughs, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Like uh, even when the guy is like, "I'm gonna kill myself now," that's portrayed entirely seriously as like this is a you know a man with like blood of ice running through his veins mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. rather than like uh, you know th- these strange alien Russians. I do think that there's potentially. A little bit to be said about Sasha, about Daniel Emelfort, mm-hmm. but like even then, that's really, really like subtextual, and I'm, it's entirely possible I'm just like making this shit up as I go. So there I, are no people of color who have lines. That's my yeah. Omission is is baseline. Omission is baseline too. Mm-hmm. So say uh, what do we what do we do for that? Like a three. Three. I'm happy with three. Sure. Unprovoked violence. Not a whole lot. 
No, people die, really. people get killed, I mean, but it's not like we're meant to glorify the violence. He does mm. poison a guy for the laughs. He does do that. Yeah, he, he, he does. He does poison a guy banter style. Yeah, which is. Yeah. I feel like maybe maybe. To does, be fair, he doesn't realize that guy works for French intelligence at the time. Still though, the, he, he's like, "Won't well, you have a drink of this poison whiskey?" I think it, adds maybe. a little bit to the yeah. smarm as, <laughs> as well. Um, One or two. I, I I think maybe that takes it up to a two. Okay. Yeah. And sadly, I feel like this is where the misogyny. film is going to earn more points. Misogyny. So we do have an on-screen sexual assault. We have an off-screen Sorry. sexual assault. We yep. have physical assault of a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and women exist to be fucked. Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, two of them. Well, both of the women on screen are at least spies, and Lucia doesn't really do anything sexual, which I appreciate. It's nice that she's not overly sexualized. Yeah, and um, the no, rental car uh, lady. Like all she does is kind of like serve cunt and then kill herself, which uh huh. I'm not gonna make that joke either. No, I'm so no, proud I'm of just, both of I'm you. Well, growing as a person sucks. <laughs> um, Giselle is there as like almost like a Q figure. Like here's uh. your new small shitty gay car, 007. <laughs> I want her to come back. Um, need it back, man. Yeah, I, it's very funny. She's like, oh, I just got this new job as, uh, you know, because the next one's set in like Bangkok. I just mm-hmm. got this new job in the Hertz Agency in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm going to be like thousands of miles away from like weird Cajun dudes. Mm-hmm. It's JW Pepper, motherfucker. <laughs> and this guy looms it on screen like, ah, you're so on D. No, I, I, I mean, I think generally for a sort of like on screen assault that's like portrayed. Uh, as a positive, we go for a seven, right? Yeah, I think yeah, we do. 100%. You're right, we do. That is science. That's science, and that's unfortunate d- because that yeah. means that the film has been nudged up to a total score of sixteen when it was doing so well. Sixteen's pretty mm. middle of the road for Bond. Not as bad as Doctor No. So yeah, I mean, which was a seventeen. I, I- it's true. F- watching this felt like watching a kind of middle of the road Bond so movie. I, I feel so that's that about right. Of- yeah, 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 absolutely. A hell of a sight um, better than fucking Rambo ever did. Oh, oh god, man. yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad we it's never have to over. do that again. Mm. Um, um, yeah. Beautiful. Well, the next free episode, um, as long as we can find it, is supposed to be FX 18, uh, 1964. <laughs> okay. No idea sure. what to think about that. But if we can't find that, then the movie that comes after that is Shadow of Evil, which is a direct sequel to... It's not direct sequel, but it's the next in the OSS Sunday set line starring the okay. same guy. Lovely. Next bonus episode, I think we're going to do a Q&A. We are. We're going to do a Q&A. Reset things in between seasons. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, you, you, you can cue us. Uh, you can ask us. You can A us cues and we will A them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When this episode comes out, I will also post a link for questions. Just for there. Get know. to know us a little bit better. Do some mm. more parasociality. Yeah. Find, find out who's been vaping in all of our front rooms. I can't, I can't believe she did that. <laughs> I was surprised too. Actually, she's. Yeah, I was just like, please don't vape in my house. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will have the Patreon. Uh, you can give us money. You can uh, unlock by this point. Oh, fucking hundreds mm-hmm. of new episodes. You can go back and listen Million. to those. You can go back and listen to the the old James Bond episodes that we did. Even um, mm. and we will see you next time. Au revoir. Bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. A bientôt. Oh la la.
Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. If this is your first episode of Kill James Bond, and we we do kind of want this to be a good entry point for new listeners, this is the jazz outro. Uh, We started this as a tradition because in our second ever episode from Russia With Love, we lost the last 10 minutes of the recording, so I had to come in to give the scum scores and say what the next episode was going to be and things of that nature. So we decided to keep it going as an opportunity for me to update you on things that we've got going on and thank our patrons this is a free episode the next free episode will come out in exactly two weeks time um you don't have to pay a dang penny but if you would like to support this show and help us dedicate our full time to making it the best that it can possibly be uh we do have a patreon as alice mentioned patreon.com slash kill james bond or one word where we upload our bonus episodes which come out every other week in between the free ones and are much less strongly themed. Uh, For instance, we've talked about everything from Hong Kong action movies to slow East German meditations on the nature of privacy. Uh, And we've also done the Spy Kids movies, Cats and Dogs, Cars 2, things of this nature. Anything that we reckon uh, would be interesting to talk about, either to give us more perspective on the movies that we're talking about on the main feed, or just because we think it'll be fun. Um, Anyway... Speaking of our patrons, thank you to our £15 and above patrons, and those are Lobionsdotter, Candy Fox, Freya Aloysius, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Berg, Hannah Oberhart, Nick Boris, Power Dat, Johnny Del Camino, George Roark, Kentucky Fried Commie, Yarrick, Drone Lover, Nato Mori, Cohen, Enright, Labour, Delenda S, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, Max Gamenhart, Callum Burney, Hell, Jonathan Gerd, Jack Drummond, J. Martindale, Kit, Divine Tarp, O. Mothman, Trip, Trucker, Blondie, A Trans Robot, Maeve, Victoria Roth, Junior Roloff, Touchable Tips, Joyous Uwu, Zan Hutchin, David Alexander, the uh, Steve Widdershins, One Happy Chipmunk, Clarification, Ronan, Isopod Gal, Alex, Violet Cyber, Annie Ruby, Katie Brobst, Liz and Ash in Florida, Corvid Cultist, Noblesse Oblige, John2089, Wolfscott, Collins Cool Big Sister, Pink Freud, Ramona Random, Sengshen, Voratsukat, Carbon Silverport, Emily, Queen of Sloth, Zoe Shepard, Electro, the Cyber Puppy, Quinn Valeri, Loz Pycock, Alfredo, Mortran, Wolfie, Al Irwing, Turfseat Shit and Die Alone, Robert Greensmith, Philippa Smith, Finn Ross, Millie, The Curious Case of Kaylee B., Josh Simmons, Lauren Bastin, and Abigail. Thank you ever so much. Bill James Bond is Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. Mwah.